0: ECU. Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo, on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. All right, welcome.
1: Welcome into today's edition of Hoist the Colors. Monday, September 11th edition. It is a Reaction Monday show, and we've got a lot to react to. East Carolina, of course, losing to Marshall 31-13 to over the weekend. Disappointing loss for a variety of reasons. We'll get into it. We got a ton of thoughts, a ton of reactions on Twitter. Of course, we always take your comments. Uh, we put out the tweet on Saturday evening. I believe you had honest thoughts, honest assessments to send them in. And I believe we've got 115 responses and counting, so we will, uh, of course, we will get to those. We'll get to as many as we can. Uh, we'll, we'll share our thoughts on the game as well. Philip Pilkington back in the 94.3 The Game studio. Steve and I go here hosting on this Monday show on 9-11, obviously uh, remembering all of our fallen heroes from that uh, unfortunate tragedy back in 2001, but... Uh, we'll focus on ECU football today for the most part. We are going to take live calls if anybody wants to call in for today's show. 252-561-8255. We'll get you on the show. We'll discuss any topic you want to. Of course, I know there's a lot being said about the offensive struggles. I'll give my thoughts here shortly on the Pirates 0-2 start and another bad day offensively at Dottie Franklin Stadium. But first, let's hear, Philip your take. It was a... It was a tough one. Pirates led 13-10. Marshall rattles off 21 unanswered in the fourth quarter. And a lot of unhappy Pirates right now after this 0-2 start.
2: Yeah, and I think rightfully so. You know, This is a game, I think, coming in, we all knew it was going to be a dogfight. We didn't expect to go out there and blow out an experienced team like Marshall, but you thought it was going to be close. You thought that you stood a good chance to win, and if you didn't win, it was going to be close, and you know, the offense never got going, it seemed like. Um, the defense looked pretty good. You know, we were talking about before the show, a few explosive plays here and there. But, you know, that's college football in 2023. And really, if you take away that long 56-yard touchdown run, it's a pretty good game by the defense overall. I mean, there were some, you know, they weren't perfect other than that by any means, but they definitely gave you the chance to win the game and offense uh, not so much.
1: Yeah, just uh, not, not good enough offensively, and I know ECU was in a position to win the game in a low-scoring game, and I, I'll say this. Look, Marshall is really good defensively, and I think not enough people understand that. They only allowed around, around 16 points per game last year. I'm not saying that as an excuse. ECU should still look better offensively. They still made too many mistakes, too many penalties, and this is just a, a major, you know, look, we'll talk about the quarterback situation, but I do want to share some numbers here in a second, but uh, just about the whole offensive struggle right now, because it is every single position it is not just quarterback, although that, of course, gets the, the most attention and blame for, for many reasons, some valid. Um, but for me, it's, it's just nothing looks in sync right now. Offensively, the offensive line is having issues blocking, whether it's pass protecting or run blocking. I'm a little surprised that we did not see Alex Flynn until late in the game, although you you know you kind of had the argument from some going into the game hey if Mason Garcia or Alex Flynn is your guy, let him go out there, let it ride And that's basically what we saw with Mason Garcia and unfortunately despite being in a position to win the game midway through the fourth quarter, the offense did not produce enough to win the game and then things got away late. So uh, at the end of the day Mason got his shot. We'll see if Alex Flynn gets his shot or if they continue to go with Mason. Uh, but I did want to share some numbers, courtesy of Pro Football Focus, which does some some grading. And, uh, you know, obviously they some of it is subjective, and they don't know the exact play responsibilities from each player from play to play. But basically what they're doing is grading, hey, did this individual player win its matchup, or did this individual player make the right decision? And you look at the offensive numbers through two games, again, taking into consideration the opponents michigan number two marshall a 9-1 team from a year ago a top 20 defense statistically many of those players back but there are major concerns at every spot right now out of 133 teams ecu according to pro football focus after two game ranks 131st in overall offensive grade in pass blocking they rank 128 out of 133 teams run blocking they rank 116 out of 133 teams so right now not getting any consistent production up front. Receiving. ECU ranks dead last in receiving grade out of all FPS teams. So not making contested catches, not getting open. Those are the things that are being graded right now. So obviously a lot of talk going on with the quarterbacks, rightfully so. They've made some poor decisions, but receivers not helping out the quarterbacks at all right now. Running grade in terms of the you know the ball carrier making the right decision to hit the right hole, break tackles. ECU ranks 85th, and this number surprised me a little bit. ECU ranks 72nd in passing, which is basically determined. Hey, is the quarterback making an accurate throw? Making the right decision doesn't always have to be a perfect throw, but is he making the right decision based upon what the coverage is? So the passing grade, at least according to Pro Football Focus, which you know, looks in depth at these things, actually ranks higher than any other category. So, I don't know, Philip. when you hear those numbers, what what do you make of that as everyone's complaining about the quarterback situation? But I think this shows they're a much deeper issue, and it may not matter at the end of the day who the quarterback is, or maybe the quarterback changes that if it's Flynn versus Garcia.
2: Yeah, you know, you mentioned the point of if the quarterback's making the right decision. I do think pro football focus takes a little bit into how well they throw the ball. But there's been some bad passes that I think they've thrown it to the right guy, but it just necessarily hasn't been the most confident-looking throw, you know, and that's kind of hurt some of that. But you mentioned the receivers being last, and, you know, there's been some plays. I, I wanted – I. Don't even remember what receiver it was. It was like the first or second drive. There was a little digger out, and it was thrown a little behind the receiver from Mason. It was across the middle. Whoever it was was lined up as the X on the left side. And, like, it was a tough contested catch, and he didn't make it. But it was like the defender made a pretty good play. The problem is every time that happens, and that was the only play I remembered of that, though, when it's a 50-50 ball, we miss Every one of them, it seems like, this year. And, look, I'm not expecting the guys to make every catch. These are tough catches. Whoever that was, that would be been a really tough play. But in order to be a team that goes to a bowl game, a team that wins eight, ten games a year – those catches have got to be made. You've got to have stars at the receiver position. And in the past, this team has had guys who are physical, who can make the tough catch in traffic, and they are not making. They are over. I would believe, this year. There maybe has been one or two in two games made. But, yeah, on top of the other thing is the quarterbacks have not been good. I think 76 is probably a little high. But, I mean, I don't think the quarterbacks have gone to the wrong place on the field much, just the throws haven't been, you know, on point.
1: Yeah, so a lot of problems, and look, it, you know – Having a quarterback in charge of the offense, kind of having a better feel. You know, if Holton Ayers is in charge of the offense right now, probably a lot of those numbers look better because, you know, the quarterback is calling things out, getting the team into the right place. So a lot of this does fall on the quarterback. But I'll just point out that. There's a problem right now at at every position. I mean, I I just don't see the consistent blocking up front. I don't see the receivers making plays. So, like, everybody offensively right now has to look themselves in the mirrors, and we'll talk about the defense later. they got to clean up some things too. But you just can't win college football games in 2023, you know, with one touchdown through two games, and that came on a three-yard drive courtesy of a turnover forced by the defense. So just a uh, lot of problems. We knew there would be growing pains coming off. All the personnel lost, but this is also year five of this offensive regime. They've had many of these guys in the system. And, you know, yes, you're going to have some growing pains, but, you know, to me, it, it should not look quite like this. You know, I want, there was a lot of calls for Garcia to get playing time in the past if he was going to be the guy to kind of avoid maybe this much of a growing pain a process, but I think we're experiencing that right now, and that's the unfortunate side of it. Now, I do think this offense can get better. Unfortunately, it's going to take some time. That's just the position ECU has put itself in right now. So, again, you want to call in and discuss this, 252-561-8255. We'll take any live calls. Otherwise, we'll get to all of your comments on Twitter, at least try to. We'll start running some of these down. We'll expand upon them if we have any extra thoughts. All right, uh, Keith Spence says, I love Mike Houston on Twitter, but if he doesn't start Alex Flynn and give him the Appalachian State game, like he did this past weekend with Garcia, then I will have lost all faith. And, and that's the thing too, Philip. We talked about it. All this discussion about a two quarterback system, and it basically we just saw Mason with the game on the line on Saturday. So what did what did you make of that situation in terms of we you know we kind of felt like we'd see Flynn if the offense sputtered, but we did not see him until really the game was out of reach.
2: Yeah, at the time I was kind of like, well if you think Mason's your guy, which is what it looks like they're saying based off how long they left him in, then, you know, there was a drive when we were already down by, I believe it was 13 there late in the game or something like that. For It was a two-score game, I don't remember. It was before they scored, I guess, their last touchdown. And a lot of people, I think, at that point were like, hey, let's get Alex in there. But if Mason's your guy, you've got to give him the opportunity to lead the team down the field, you know, in crunch time. And yeah, maybe you don't, lead the team twice but at least you do it once and I think unfortunately I want to say maybe that's when Mason threw his pick I can't really remember it was such a long day everything's kind of running together but um, you know so I kind of wanted to see Alex there because again like you said how much the offense had struggled but then on the other side like if you're saying Mason's our guide you can't just not give him the opportunity late in the game because it's easy to throw a guy in early. It's another thing to throw him in late. And I'm going to cut my thoughts quick because the phone's ringing, so I'm going to throw it back to you, Aga.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too, is it's one of those things where EC was in position to win the game, so it's hard to bench Mason in that spot You know because he's been playing. He had not played bad to that point. Honestly, early in the game, there were some throws that were good that the receivers just didn't make plays on. So... That was just a disappointing thing for me. Was early on when the offense had some some potential drives going. Then you had penalties. You opened the game with two consecutive false starts or two false starts and a couple of plays end up going three and out. So again, there, there's just a systemic problem with the offense right now that's got to be fixed. Um, Philip, did we have a caller there that wants to come on or? Yeah, we got what's Pirate up, Mike on.
2: I, I just put my headphones back on, so Pirate Mike's online too.
1: Okay, Pirate Mike, what's up?
0: Um, I think our problem is that we have a number 2 and a number 3 quarterback. We don't have a number 1 quarterback that has experience. And that really showed up in the Marshall game and um and um I've looked at the schedule And um, it it really concerns me. You know, I don't see that many W's forthcoming. Um, We play App State and, you know, what they did in Chapel Hill and what they did in Boone last year. And we go to Boone and um, even Gardner Webb put 24 on that. Um, So, you know, it does concern me, but, um, you know, we'll just have to take it a game at a time and just hope for the best, you know, but I do think we should have gotten a quarterback um, out of the portal that had experience somewhere else. And um, that would have definitely helped a lot. And we've got to start running the ball some to take the pressure off of our quarterback. But anyhow, we'll just have to hang in there and do the best we can, you know, but it does bother me. The only other comment I wanted to make is I am very positive about our program because of the conference that we're in. We're very fortunate to be in the American Athletic. And in 2024 going forward there's going to be 12 playoff spots. And if we got a good quarterback for next year and we had a really great season and win the American title we might get one of those 12 spots, and, hey, that's all we can ask for. I mean, if we went to the ACC or the SEC or somewhere else, we'd probably be a doormat, and we don't want that. So I feel like with some of the teams in our conference, and and, uh, including ourselves, that um, we're a senior member, and, and I think the American is a perfect fit for us. At least we're not back in conference USA or the Big South or something like that. That'd be terrible. Okay. Hey, I appreciate you taking my, my my comments and uh old Pirate Mike in Pine Tops, he's gonna hang in there. Okay. See y'all later. Take it easy.
1: Appreciate it, Pirate Mike, and yeah, a lot of good thoughts there, A on the the playoff situation, if it stays at twelve teams, you know, with, with this type of access. I do agree that ECU is in a good spot it has just as good of a, a path to the playoff theoretically as, as many of the so-called Power Five conference or conference teams in the region. Just because strength of schedule pathway is there, of course, you know the program's got to get to that point to to where it can take advantage of it. But it is there as far as the transfer portal situation. Yeah, I mean that's one thing. If you If you're this staff and you could go back in time, maybe you try and get an experienced quarterback because you look at the way the defense is playing right now, special teams looks improved. If you have kind of that plug-and-play quarterback from the portal, maybe it doesn't look as bad as it is right now. But they really believed in Mason Garcia and Alex Flynn, and they still do. And, you know, if there's one thing Mike Houston's teams have done pretty consistently, it's, you know, they have started a little slow, but they've gotten better. In 2021, ECU was 0-2. Holt Nailers had just thrown for 77 yards on 24 attempts against South Carolina. Nobody thought he could play Division I quarterback. Everybody thought that season was over. ECU, trailing and Marshall uh, end up coming back, winning that game. They, they get seven wins and go to a bowl game. So the season's not over. I understand people are frustrated, but, you know, it is a situation where there's still a lot of ball left as well. And these guys can make adjustments as coaches. Players can improve, and there's still – you know, potential optimism to come, but going to App State, there's no doubt it'll be tough and they'll be ready for ECU. So big challenge this week. And we'll get into that as this week unfolds. All right, let's get our first break in again. If you want to call in, we're taking live calls two five two five six one eight two five five. We will take that. Any questions you have, we'll also get back to uh, your comments on Twitter as well. You're listening to hoist the colors on 94, three, the game. We'll be right back
0: play here. Arr. This is Hoist the Colors Radio with Stephen Igo. Yes! That was so good! The Game.
1: All right, welcome back to the program this Monday, September 11th edition of the show. It is a Reaction Monday. Taking your comments, your calls, if you want to call in, 252-561-8255. And we will uh, take your, your question live on the air. Otherwise, we'll Read some of your comments coming off this 31-13 loss to Marshall. Pirates start 0-2 heading to App State, and uh, they're a nine-and-a-half point underdog in Boone, so going to have to play well to avoid an 0-3 start. Philip Pilkington back in the studio. He'll weigh in if we uh, want to expand upon some of these comments. Let's get to them online. We're also live on YouTube, Facebook, if you, uh, if you want to drop a uh, comment or uh, question there. Uh, Back to Twitter. Daniel says coming off the Marshall game, he feels like the defense is solid. Really pleased with how they played. A bit frustrated by some of the late hit penalties. The offense is absolutely putting the defense in poor positions constantly. You have to give Alex Flynn the start. He just looks so much more confident and the offensive line needs help. Uh, Brandon Bott says honest thoughts are maybe settling in to understand that Mason may just need time to get comfortable and we shouldn't give up on him just yet obviously the upside is there if he can get comfortable in the pocket while having the running ability he has it could be dangerous so that's the beauty of this you got one guy who's saying you have to start Flynn another guy saying be patient with Mason because he's got the upside that's what makes sports great Philip. right We, you know everybody sees it a different way
2: yeah it is and that's what uh i think brings in some of the biggest bar fights you know as people see in sports a different way but it's it's fun that we can all have a good round table discussion here so are do you want to lead into our thoughts on this or or where where are you kind of thinking about going with this though
1: with uh with with just the quarterback situation yeah yeah you know i feel like we'll have more time to get to it later this week so we'll we'll, uh we'll, we'll touch on it here in a bit let's try to get through some more of these comments um um All right, Ben Bradshaw says the good, the crowd, namely the student section on a stormy day. Defense is stout, especially in stopping the run. He says the bad need an identity on offense. Only one long pass down the field, no passing game equals no running game. Lack of tight end plays, one touchdown in two games. He says we'll bounce back. I mean, yes, that's the thing too with Mason is we've heard so much about his arm and like he has not really thrown the ball downfield at all. And again, we talked about the pass pro concerns earlier. And that is certainly a role. But there has got to be some plays there when Alex Flynn comes off the bench and just chucks 140 yards downfield to Josiah Hatfield. Great ball, by the way. Great catch. Probably the best catch of the year by ECU. And so, like, you know, if Alex can do it, certainly Mason can do it. I mean, they both have the arm. Mason's probably got the better overall arm. So it's just it's been a surprise to see that. Uh, the lack of throwing the football down the field. <laughs> Getting back to some more of the comments, Steve, the Pirates says college football is a win-now business, and Mike Houston, Donnie Kirkpatrick's loyalty to Mason probably cost them a win. The entire offense needs to play better, but can't just can't move the ball with Mason. The quarterback year five, most talent across the board, no starting quarterback, and losing to Marshall at home. And again, Marshall, a really quality program, but the reason so many people are upset, ECU has never lost to Marshall at home in the history of the two programs. You beat them in 21, Charles Huffson, in his third year, Mike Houston's in his fifth year, and uh, you know the, the way it unfolded, too, had a lot to do with, I think, so, so many disgruntled fans. You ha- you were in a position to win the game, and then it just really all came crashing down and burning. Uh, Mar- Martin H. says, I'm over the Fire Donnie and Fire Houston comments. Those same people were the same who said that about Lincoln Riley in a screen-passing game. Doesn't matter who the quarterback is if the wide receivers aren't able to catch passes. The double pass for a touchdown against ECU really changed the momentum. So, again, you got people who won't change And I'll just say this nobody's getting fired two games into a season. Uh, it's just not going to happen. And certainly, Mike Houston has signed through 2027. So, Mike Houston is here to stay. So, any of those comments are just really silly. Um, and so, I, I just don't understand why people are. are you know, saying those types of things—it's just not realistic. And uh, and I get it's a disappointing loss. It's college sports. You can look at across the country, you see these types of comments, but uh, we also got to be realistic too. Um, Tarboro Bill says, "How shocked am I about the way each unit performed yesterday?" Is he asking me? I, you know, I'm pretty surprised honestly that the the offense has struggled this much. I thought I, I knew there'd be growing pains, like I said earlier. But I did expect better quarterback play just because I've seen these guys in practice. I've seen Mason Garcia stand in the pocket and and throw the ball down the field and do it with uh, big success. You know, there have been times it's been inconsistent, but like it's not like he's incapable of doing it. The coaches believe in these quarterbacks and this offensive personnel because A, they recruited him, B, they've seen him perform in practice. And for whatever reason, you're getting out there in games right now and there's just either a, a bust. Uh, front, a bust at receiver, quarterback doesn't see things properly. And so I am surprised. I didn't think they would come out and score 30, 40 points a game, but I thought they would be more efficient than they are. And uh, I'll say this, you know, App State has been pretty pedestrian defensively through two, two games. Gardner-Webb was able to move the football on them. Of course, North Carolina was as well. So, you know, if, if ECU can't do anything against App State on Saturday – you know, I, I am naturally concerned, but then I'm really concerned because Marshall and Michigan are good defensively. App right now is a work in progress defensively. So let's see how they look Saturday. But uh, certainly, pretty, uh, pretty, I would say, disappointed in the offense. You know, with one touchdown on a short field through two games, you got to score points in college football to win. Yeah, you definitely. Um, oh, sorry, my bad. Go ahead,
2: Oh, uh, I was going to say you definitely do. And, you know, the thing that's kind of surprised me, I think even more so than the lack of passing, because at the end of the day, you know, we mentioned like these guys are producing practice. Practice in a game are different. You know, I thought the quarterback would play to be better, but I've been really disappointed in the ability to run the ball. And now I know it is for start, new starting offensive linemen, but, you know, some of these guys have played at other programs or other, you know, have at least gotten in the game. And not that I think the offensive line has been terrible when it comes to run blocking it's still the running game has not been nearly what we thought it was going to be I think
1: yeah I think the running backs if you take away Mason Garcia's 100 plus yards I think the running backs had like 37 yards on 18 carries on Saturday and um, you got to be able to run the ball better because a if Mason's going to be your guy that's not sustainable Uh, but it's just uh, yeah, it's just a work in progress right now. We, we read the pro football focus numbers earlier. They weren't good. Uh, Brooks says, I'm concerned about the offensive capabilities to sustain a drive. I would like to see our four-star quarterback make a throw downfield in a game. He will hang up and listen. Yeah, we're still waiting for that throw. I mean, there's the route concepts are there. We know he can do it, and he just hasn't really let it fly yet. So I, I don't know if that's a mental thing if he's just not seeing it or what. But that is a – that's a question I'll ask uh, the coaching staff this week during our press availability. Uh, ECU left field megaphones says Garcia needs to be a multiple role player in a situational QB a la Wildcat, need a quarterback coach. He says Shane Carden. just saying. I think Shane's just happy out in Idaho living a stress-free life, so I doubt he's coming back here anytime soon. Um Mr. Juan, my take is the same one I had when all the quarterbacks hit the portal and found new homes. No team in contention for an AAC championship has ever rolled into a season without a quarterback that has started somewhere, anywhere. If there's an exception, I'd like to hear it. I have not researched that, uh, Juan. That may be something I do after the show because that's an interesting point. Philip, so what's your take on that? I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. It's easy to to second guess. Hey, should they have gotten a transfer portal quarterback? It seemed like they were confident in Mason and Alex. I know they were confident in Mason and Alex, but do you feel like they should have pursued a a quarterback in the portal?
2: You know, I think our coach has been doing it long enough. They know how to breed quarterbacks you know we saw the way they you know you brought it up earlier how bad holton adler's looked at the beginning of his career and now obviously he is standing on an nfl sideline so i think our coaches can definitely do it yeah would it been nice to have a transfer portal quarterback sure but you know it's so much easier said than done when you look at a kid in the portal and they see mason garcia and they see that he was a four-star recruit why would you come to ECU? It looks like you're not going to start. So I think it's it's easy to sit here in the air of the portal and say, well, you should have got this guy. Well, what if that guy didn't want to come here? So I think it's kind of tough. Uh, you know, like you said, hindsight's twenty twenty. 20 I, I don't know. It's... Probably not. I think they probably made the right decision to go with their guys. These are the guys you recruited. These are the guys that you've been developing for three and four years, and, and you got to roll with your guys. You got to trust your process, trust that they t- trust the process, and let it go. And unfortunately, through two games, you know it hasn't looked good. But like you said early in our first segment, it's only been two games. The season is not over. I mean, both of us had us pick to win seven games coming into this year, and uh, you know if we get every game right the rest of the way. They're six and six. That's a bowl game. I know we're not just you know striving to be six and six. I mean, you know, whoever that last uh, comment was, you know, brought up the whole to win a conference championship. But I think right now with UTSA and Tulane at the top, I think we knew coming into the season we're not quite at that level right now. And those are the two teams competing be for a conference championship. And uh, you know, you hope East Carolina's that way in the future with Harris and Pratt, you know, aging out. But you hope to find that guy this year so that next year you can be in contention.
1: I mean, you do look at this roster, and I get it. It's year five of Coach Houston, and he recruited these players. And so, like, this is his team. This is his staff. But it, it's not all linear. You're going to have some ups and downs. ECU is not. They don't have a bunch of NIL money to go out and buy a bunch of proven players. So, like, you're going to have some what you hope are reloading years and not rebuilding years. Unfortunately, we may be looking at a rebuilding year. Uh, Again, a lot of games left. But if you could somehow find the guy, whether it's Mason Garcia or Alex Flynn or Raheem Jeter, the freshman, through this year and still have a solid year, then you're set up for success next year. we got a question from Michael on YouTube. He says, you know, since uh, they've made the decision to go with Garcia and basically sink in or swim with him, do you just continue to go with him through non-conference play so you know for sure if he is or is not the guy? And I think it's a fair question because if you're the coaching staff, you already made the commitment this past game from Marshall game saying basically, hey, you were trying to let him be that guy. At least that's how I took it based on the snaps. Now do you double down and give him those snaps against App State or do you flip the gear and go, hey, did we give Alex Flynn his shot? And uh, We'll touch on this real quick. We were, we were talking about it earlier, uh, Philip, if we needed to uh, before a break. But wh- where do you come down on that argument? Coaches, of course, have more information than we do, but do you you just let it ride with Mason, or do you give Alex his fair shot as he, he heads back to Western North Carolina as an Asheville native?
2: You know, I think because a lot of Mason's mistakes have looked like lack of confidence in his throws, not lack of talent. We've seen a lot of balls that have just quite frankly, not gotten to the receiver. It doesn't seem like he's staring down receivers and, you know, making bad reads, throwing a bunch of picks. It's lack of confidence, and you still have that FCS game on the horizon. So I think if he can go out there – play successfully in that FCS game against Gardner-Webb in two weeks, and then show up in Rice in week five and carry that confidence over. I mean, it is no question he is the more talented, God-given talented quarterback than Alex Flynn. And I'm not saying Alex doesn't deserve a shot because he has busted his butt too and deserves a shot. But if you think Mason can be the guy, and you think it's in, in? Coach Houston is agreeing with what I'm saying. What I what I'm saying could be completely wrong. You know, I don't know. I'm not in those meetings. But if it's solely is confidence, give him that opportunity to be confident against a team like Gardner Webb or gain that confidence, because if he does, and he ends up being what we think he can be, I mean, this can really be a special next couple of seasons for the Pirates, but you've got to give him every opportunity to succeed, and we are just unfortunate the fact that we are the one, probably, team in America whose FCS game happens to fall in Week 4. While everybody else is playing Cupcake University in Weeks 1 and 2, we got stuck playing in Week 4 of the year with a new quarterback, and it's just unfortunate.
1: Yeah, the schedule, if you could draw it up, and that's why they tried to look into moving Gardner-Webb to week zero for this exact instance. But, I mean, and I'm not trying to make excuses for the guys, but, you know, opening with this three-game stretch is brutal given the the, the uncertainty of quarterbacks. So, so you're, you're on Mason, start Mason basically the next two games and see essentially if he's the guy.
2: Yeah, I am. That's kind of what I'm getting. Yeah, I guess so. It's not that I'm saying don't give Alex a shot. I know it's kind of weird because it's like you got to do what you got to do to win week three. I think if Mason's not playing well and it's a tight game and you think Alex can give you the shot, yeah, give him that shot. But I definitely 100% want to see Mason in week four, give him the whole game, let him build that confidence up against a team like Gardner-Webb and see if that translates into that first half of the Rice game. But if it does not transition good into that first half of the Rice game, yank him quick because at the end of the day, if Alex is more confident, confidence is key, and you got to have a guy who's confident in his ability. So I say have a quick trigger on him, but give him every opportunity to succeed.
1: And these are the discussions going on behind closed doors. I think if it were me – I'm going Alex Flynn against App State. I'm giving him the shot to start and just seeing what happens and riding from there. Uh, if you go to Mason off the bench, that's fine. Maybe that takes some pressure off his shoulders, but uh, we'll we'll continue this conversation later this week, throughout this week, I'm sure. Uh, we'll have Joey Football, Joe Sampson, former ECU tight end. We'll have him in studio tomorrow, we'll get his take on it as well. All right, let's get our second break in. We'll come back. We'll continue reading your comments on this reaction Monday. ECU falls to Marshall 31-13. We'll be right back.
0: Climb aboard as we set sail and hoist the colors.
3: Aha,
0: Back to the show with Steve and I go on 94.3 the game.
1: All right, it's a reaction Monday. Hoist the colors. Uh, we got several comments coming in on YouTube, Facebook. If you want to call in 252-561-8255. We'll take your live calls on this reaction Monday. ECU loses to Marshall. 31 to 13, and we'll try to get through some of these uh, people who are following us live. Uh, Bailey Evans says up 13 to 10 in the fourth quarter. Two drives where you could have gone up 10. The game is probably over if you could uh, punch one of those in. I mean, that's the thing 13 10, and two straight drives in their territory, including one where you get the ball in their 44 and you have a holding penalty and a personal foul penalty, and then you're punting from your own 30. Nine, and then you punt it back. Then you give up third and 26 at some point, too, and then give up another big pat or big run play. I believe after the punt is when they hit that trick play, and then the ensuing drive is when they hit the, the big run and the big third and long preceding that. So just back-breaking plays there, uh, plays that good teams don't make, like Coach Houston said after the game. Bob says, do we know if the video of the Marshall player stomping on Mason Garcia's foot? can or has been submitted for review. I thought there was a process for this type of thing. I don't know, Bob, what the exact process is, but I will ask uh, this week. We've got the coaches show tonight with Mike Houston and tiebreakers. I'll ask there. Uh, Mike Ward says, Houston literally said after the season last year they were getting a transfer portal quarterback. And that was the plan, Mike, and they wanted to get one kind of for competition. It's just when they went out and tried to get a guy Nobody wanted to come because they were so committed to Mason and Alex that they really couldn't find the right guy. So could they have gone out and paid a guy through NIL to come be the man? Yes, but that was not really what they were looking to do. They were looking more for a second, third string guy. Nobody was really willing to do that. Don says, we lost a tremendous amount of players to graduation and transfer portal. Garcia has the frame of a great quarterback. Is he overthinking? He is a four-year freshman with no game experience. Put Alex in about the third series and let Garcia watch from the sidelines and then go back in. I mean, it's fair that mentally it's just a lot of pressure. He's been kind of seen as the guy, highest-rated recruit, all that stuff, and maybe just him coming off the bench helps a little bit. I do think part of it is him overthinking. Um, Pirate2031, he says, what are the travel plans for this week for ECU? Bus ride, I'm assuming. They are bus riding from my understanding to Boone, uh, and it'll be a long bus ride, but it will be a, a, a bus ride. Uh, Justice says, I'm just sad. It has to be like this, and the embarrassment continues. Emma says, ECU will continue to struggle with obtaining talent either in the portal or high school because of NIL. will be constantly behind what others will offer. Well, they should not be behind what Marshall and App State offer, and I think that's, you know, when you lose games like this, that's when you get fans upset, uh philip has lost his mind according to pirate 2031 i guess philip he didn't like your your decision to roll with garcia is what i'm what i'm guessing
2: sorry i go uh, if, you're t- I if believe- you t- if threw it to me i didn't hear you I'm yeah. on the phone I, we're about to have a caller
1: okay yep no nope. we'll uh we'll line up that caller just somebody uh somebody going at philip for his uh his take on on uh, rolling with Mason Garcia, he also says we aren't guaranteed to win. Gardner Webb, no, that's a tough game, man. Gardner Webb is legit. Trey Lamb has done a great job there, so definitely not an easy game. All right, we All got right. that caller. On yeah, the we got off.
2: Joe from Greenville. Sorry, were you trying to talk to me? I saw you kind of pause on the video feed. Is yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah no sorry. Worries. Yeah, I was on
1: the phone. You're, do, you're doing multiple things at once, so you're uh, you're trying to execute the scheme. But no, I was I was pointing out the fact that Pirate Twenty Thirty One says you've lost your mind.
2: Well, so. hey, you know, look, this is a very polarizing topic. I think uh, there's there's 18 different ways to go about this. So, you know, uh, I can see why they say it. I mean, you know, Mason hasn't proven anything, and I'm saying stick with him. But, you know, he's a four-star recruit. I think you got to give him the shot. But it is what it is. Anyways, we got Joe right. from Greenville on the line. So.
3: Joe, what's up? Hey, guys. Well, I think the main reason we're in this situation, and whether it could have been avoided or not, I don't know you, that's, That's debatable. I certainly get it both ways. But, you know, when you've got two quarterbacks and both of them basically have zero experience, you know, and shoulda, woulda, coulda, last year, the year before, try to get them some in post-ball games, hard to get them in. I get all that. But I also hear the point about we lost so many players to the portal. Is it true that we also got 50-something players from the portal? Is that true or not?
1: They did not get 50. There might be 50 new players in total between portal, freshman recruits, walk-ons. They probably got about seven, I would say 16 to 18 guys. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But but a lot of those guys from the portal, Joe, are either defensive players or uh, underclassmen who are transferring. So you did bring in some experienced guys, specifically up front. Right. And defensively a little bit. But a lot of the receivers they brought in are pretty young guys.
3: Right. And on the defense, I think our front seven, I think they're spectacular. But we just – it seems like, you know, if we crowd the box, we stop the run. But then it doesn't seem like we can stop the pass because, you know, they got – they caught a lot of balls on us, but then they also dropped several balls right in their hands. So it's like we can't seem to quite get it, you know, the run. If the pass defense was as good as the run defense – I don't know if anybody in the country could score on us because our run defense yeah. is just unbelievable, but we do struggle on the pass defense side.
1: There's no doubt, and I think part of that is just, you know, it's. It, I think ECU's philosophy is to stop the run at all costs, and at times that bites them, they I, I think they have gotten better personnel in the back end this year, That and I think they, they're actually covering better. I know they've given up some big plays, and like you said, there were some drops that – the big concern I have defensively with the pass coverage is more the the lack of pass rush. They just they're not consistently putting pressure on the quarterback, and I think that makes the coverage look worse than it maybe is.
3: Well, I agree because you can. I mean, you can have the best corners in the world, but they can't run with them for thirty minutes. You know, waiting for the pass rush to get to the quarterback. So, well, no doubt. Once a pirate, always a pirate. We'll see you tonight at tiebreakers.
1: Appreciate you, Joe. Thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for your call. If you want to call in, two five two five six one eight two five five. Philip will get you through. He's also doing his best to uh, to to uh, comment on some of these comments as well. Uh, Michael on YouTube says uh, Mike Houston seemed more upset about the defensive bust and the offense being brutal. It looks like he wants to play thirteen to ten games. Well, Mike Houston is a defensive guy, and I think he. You know, he takes more pride in that defensive, uh, you know, philosophy of you don't want to give up those big bust plays because that's something they don't work on. But I I promise you, look, every time I'm out of practice, Mike Houston is watching the offense even more than he's watching the defense. He's very, uh, you know, involved with the trying to oversee what's going on with the offense, especially during the walkthrough period and and trying to see what's going on there. So, look, he's involved with the offense. He's just as disappointed in the offense uh, as well, you know, emotionally after a game. Defensively, it had gotten away from them in the fourth quarter. And uh, as a defensive-minded coach, those are some of the things that are going to stick out most to him because those are plays he feels they shouldn't give up. All right, uh, let's get back to some of these Twitter questions. we got one more break to get in as well. But uh, Atticus says he woke up at 5.30 a.m. on Sunday, remembered we lost and have been awake ever since. And he says uh, he's not on board with the fire coach crowd I think it makes more sense to make some tweaks to the staff rather than going through a complete overhaul. At this point, you're starting from scratch and gambling on the next guy being better than Mike Houston when he's proven to be competent. Yeah, I mean, Mike Houston's signed through 27, so he's not going anywhere either way. Uh, Matt says Mason gives us the best chance to win. People are calling for Flynn as if he's been lighting the world on fire, but he's 9 of 19 with a pick, and he doesn't add any wrinkles with his legs like Mason. This is an eat-your-vegetables kind of year. We just have to deal with it. And that's the thing with Mason is that the running game is such a bonus. If you could get the passing game to go with his legs, there's your complete offense. But we don't even know if this, this at this point if they enter if they enter Flynn into the game, can they run the ball in a traditional format? We haven't seen the running backs have consistent success at all. And how much of that is Michigan and Marshall? You know, if they can't run the ball in App State, which is given up six yards a carry through two games, then Maybe you're going to have to go quarterback run all year, but uh, you hope as the schedule lightens, at least from a defensive perspective, you can have more success there. And uh, Judge, our final comment, we'll get a break in, says, gut check this week. We will see what Coach Houston, his staff, and these players are made of. ECU's resources, fan support, and conference is supposed to be better than the Marshalls and the apps, but the game is played on the field. This week was embarrassing. So uh, there is Judge's comments, and we'll get our final break in, we'll come back, we'll uh, wrap up the show, take any final calls, comments you have. Again, 252-561-8255. This is Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game.
0: We're live with Steven Igo on 94.3 The Game. Hoist the
3: Johnny Roger!
0: Now back to Hoist the Colors.
1: All right, welcome back into the show, wrapping things up. we got to get our Pirate of the Weekend from East Coast Agency. This week it's going to be Zay Jones, the former East Carolina receiver, had arguably the best catch of his career, uh, his pro career. He had an outstanding diving catch in the corner of the end zone in the Jaguars. 31-21 win over the Indianapolis Colts. He finished with five catches for 55 yards and a touchdown as Jacksonville starts 1-0. Go check out that highlight if you missed it. Zay Jones having the best stretch of his career with the Jaguars. East Coast Agency brings you our Power of the Week. Stay, stay protected this hurricane season with East Coast Agency, your trusted independent insurance partner. When the storm hits, you'll be glad you chose ECA. Their comprehensive insurance plans are tailored to keep you and your loved ones secure. Remember, it doesn't matter who your agent is until it does Call ECA at 910 446 5061 or visit their website at www.ECA insure.com. Appreciate Tim Vleet, ECA East Coast Agency, for their support of the program. All right, just a couple minutes left in today's show. We, uh, we are wrapping up a reaction Monday. We have got a ton of comments we're not going to be able to get to on social media. What we will do is I'm going to pick the best of these and carry them over into Tuesday morning show with Joe Sampson, former ECU football tight end, and we'll uh, continue to address it. A lot of these are you know similar in terms of, hey, quarterback play needs to improve, offensive scheme needs to be improved, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we'll pu- pull out the best uh, comments that maybe have a different angle to them and recap them. On uh, on on Tuesday's show, Robert on YouTube says the coaches prioritize getting Garcia game reps over winning a winnable game. We shall see if it pays off in a way, maybe. But also last year, if they prioritized getting Garcia game reps over getting wins, they would have done that as well because so you know Joe made the point earlier. A lot of this is because inexperience and. There were calls to get Mason live reps in previous years when Holden was the quarterback. and never really happened outside of the Navy game when Holden missed it. And I think you're feeling the growing pains from that. And I think you can make a fair argument. Maybe there should have been more of an effort then to try and do that. Uh, of course, you prioritize winning, but now you're, you're kind of paying the price for having to do that now. But uh, it's just uh, it's a tough situation. And the only way you can grow as a quarterback is often under fire. And with Mason's style of play, he's going to need a lot of live reps to grow. And that's why I think Alex could probably go in and function at a higher level right now. And if you're trying to win right now, maybe that's the best option. But we all know Mason's upside is there, too. So fascinating discussion. It will continue behind the scenes as well with ECU staff, Phillip. But fun show, man. We could have done like a three-hour show today. It's uh, It's been wild.
2: Oh, easy, easy. We could have done three hours, and we still probably wouldn't have got to every comment.
1: No, no shot, no shot. Well, uh, Joey Football, Joe Sampson will be on tomorrow. We're going to live stream tomorrow at 9.30 because we got Mike Houston's press conference at uh, 11.30. Uh, our replay will air 12 noon on 94.3 The Game, but we'll live stream on YouTube, Facebook at 9.30. All right, thank you guys for all your interaction, comments. We'll continue to bring you coverage throughout the week, ninety 94.3 The Game as well you've been listening to hoist the colors we'll talk to you tomorrow this has been hoist the colors with your host stephen i